bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. We got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these big signals and messages. He doesn't have a bipartisan bill. Nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Nevergretic, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, June 11, 2013. This week, I'll begin with two updates from Washington, D.C. First, I'll discuss a memo that was sent to federal departments and agencies in late May instructing them to begin the budget process for fiscal year 2015. And second, I'll share two congressional hearings that are scheduled this week that may be of interest to listeners. In our New Markets Tax Credit segment, I'll remind listeners of an important upcoming eligibility deadline related to a change from 2000 census data to the 2006-2010 American Community Survey data. I'll also review the findings of the New Market Tax Credit Coalition's annual progress report on the New Market Tax Credit Program. Then, in our Renewable Energy Tax Credit discussion, I'll review an assessment of the leading utility green power programs. In our historic tax credit discussion, I'll remind listeners of an upcoming deadline to nominate deserving historic rehabilitation projects for national recognition. And finally, in our low-income housing tax credit segment, I'll share news from the National Association of Home Builders, which reports that its members held hundreds of meetings with lawmakers last week to urge them to support affordable housing policies. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, in federal budget news, the initial steps of drafting a budget proposal for fiscal year 2015 have already begun. This has begun even though lawmakers have not yet reached an agreement on the budget for fiscal year 2014. That fiscal year begins on October 1 of this year. Even though that, the administration is beginning work on the following year's budget proposal. In a May 29 memo, the Obama administration calls on federal departments and agencies to develop fiscal year 2015 budget requests. These requests are supposed to be at levels 10% below the amount in their fiscal year 2014 budget requests. And agencies cannot use across-the-board cuts. Agencies and departments are also prohibited from using reductions to mandatory spending in appropriations bills, prohibited from shifting costs to other parts of the federal budget, prohibited from reclassifications of existing discretionary spending to mandatory, or the enactment of new user fees to offset existing spending. Instead, to meet these 10% reduction targets, agencies are encouraged in the memo to look for ways to reduce fragmentation, overlap, and duplication, as well as to increase effectiveness. As we learn more about these efforts, we'll report on them in future podcasts. Now, turning to Congress, this week there are two hearings of particular note that I want to share with listeners. First, on Wednesday, June 12th, the Financial Services Committee in the House is scheduled to hold a hearing on alternative housing finance models. At the time of this recording, a witness list had not yet been posted, but the title of the hearing might provide some insight regarding its focus. 
The hearing has been entitled, quote, Beyond GSEs, Examples of Successful Housing Finance Models Without Explicit Government Guarantees, close quote. Then, staying in the House and turning to the Ways and Means Committee, on Thursday, June 13th, Ways and Means Chairman Dave Camp is scheduled to hold another hearing in his ongoing efforts towards tax reform. This week's hearing will focus on the use of tax havens and erosion of the tax base. As we've discussed in previous podcasts, as lawmakers look to reform the tax code, they're seeking ways to broaden the base. The Ways and Means Committee had previously published a discussion draft on international tax reform that includes options to combat base erosion as part of a larger effort to broaden the tax base, lower tax rates, and move towards a more international tax system. In New Market Tax Credit news, I first want to thank all of those who attended our New Market Tax Credit Conference in Washington, D.C. last week. We had a great turnout, close to 480 to 500 attendees, and we had great keynotes from Congressman Pat Tiberi to Don Graves from Treasury, as well as Senator Jim Talent from Missouri. We also had a great discussion on a number of panels, as well as a great opportunity for networking. For those of you that joined us, I hope to see you again at our New Orleans conference coming up later this year. And if you couldn't make our Washington, D.C. conference, I do hope to see you at our New Orleans conference later this year. Now let's turn to census tract transition periods. I want to remind listeners that the new eligibility criteria for the New Market Tax Credit Program will go into effect, into mandatory effect, on July 1st. At the end of this month, Community Development Entities, or CDEs, will be required to make investments in communities in 2010 census tracts that qualify for the program under the 2006-2010 American Community Survey Income and Poverty Data. As you may recall, the Community Development Financial Institutions Fund, also known as the CDFI Fund, released the updated information last May, that's May of 2012. This gave CDEs more than a year to adjust to the 2010 Qualified Communities Definitions. From May 1, 2012, through the end of this month, June 30, 2013, CDEs that already had an allocation last year could use the 2000 Census data or the 2006-2010 ACS data to determine if an area qualified for the Economic Development Program, the New Market Tax Credit. The CDFI fund included this transition period so that CDEs that had already begun structuring transactions based on the 2000 census data could complete those transactions. The transition period, though, is ending. Qualified loan com- community investments that close after June 30th must use the more current 2006 to 2010 ACS data. When the CDFI fund announced the transition to the new data, Novograd and Company updated its New Market Tax Credit Qualifying Census Tracts Mapping Tool that's on our website. This mapping tool now incorporates the updated 2006 to 2010 ACS eligibility data. The mapping tool can be used to determine if an area qualifies for the New Market Tax Credit Program. You could enter a potential project's address, city, county, state, or zip code, put that in the search bar, and you can learn if it qualifies for New Market Tax Credits under the new criteria. The website also has a nice tutorial video on how to use the tool. Furthermore, the site provides a list of all the census tracts that meet the distress criteria and the census tracts that include high-migration rural counties. 
You can access this information and the mapping tool at the New Markets Tax Credit Resource Center. Simply go to www.newmarketcredits.com and click on the New Market Tax Credit Mapping Tool graphic on the left-hand side of the page. And if you'd like assistance with a New Market Tax Credit development or the mapping tool, I encourage you to contact my partner, Brad Elphick, in Novogratz's Atlanta office. Now let's turn to the New Market Tax Credit Coalition. Last week, the New Market Tax Credit Coalition released its 2013 New Markets Tax Credit Progress Report. They unveiled this report first at a New Market Tax Credit Coalition board meeting, of which I serve. They also then had a hearing on Capitol Hill, and then they closed the week with a discussion at our New Market Tax Credit Conference in Washington, D.C. This report details how the New Market Tax Credit was used in 2012. It describes the types of developments that the credit helped finance, the locations where investments were made, and the benefits those investments provided to low-income communities. The New Market Tax Credit Coalition surveyed community development entities and based the report on their responses to the survey. The coalition found that in 2012, 100% of the reported investments were made in qualified low-income communities, 76% of reported investments were made in severely distressed communities, and 65% of reported investments were made in communities with unemployment rates at least one and a half times the national average. The report also outlines how the New Market Tax Credit affected the economy in 2012, both in terms of job creation and investments made in local economies. Almost 48,000 jobs were created. This represents 2% of the 1.8 million jobs created in America last year. And this includes more than 20,000 full-time jobs and almost 28,000 construction jobs. Total project financing reached $5.6 billion in 2012, with $2.3 billion in qualified low-income community investments and $2.2 billion in qualified equity investments. The report goes on to note there are already $3.9 billion in projects in the pipeline for 2013. Now, unlike in previous years, the 2013 New Market Tax Credit Progress Report also includes a special report on the New Market Tax Credit and tax reform. The New Market Tax Credit Coalition is calling for tax reform legislation that includes three provisions. One, permanently extend the New Market Tax Credit. Two, increase the annual credit authority for inflation back to the original date of 2000, such that it would be about $4.8 billion now, or I should say in 2014, and then provide an inflation adjustment to that amount in future years. And then three, to allow the new market tax credit to offset the alternative minimum tax. Reports like the 2013 New Market Tax Credit Progress Report are important because they help demonstrate the effectiveness of a program through the use of tangible results, such as the job creation, investment increases in low-income communities, and cost-benefit analysis of the program. If you want to read the report, please visit the New Markets Tax Credit Resource Center at www.newmarketcredits.com. In renewable energy tax credit news, Last week, the Energy Department's National Renewable Energy Laboratory, NREL, released an assessment of leading utility green power programs. Under these programs, residential and commercial consumers can support additional electricity production from renewable energy sources such as wind and solar. NREL used information provided by utility companies to create top 10 rankings of green power programs for 2012. The top 10 categories include 
total sales of renewable energy to program participants, total number of customer participants, percentage of customer participation, green power sales as percentage of total utility retail electricity sales, and lowest premium charged for new renewable resources. Here's what the report found. The top utility in terms of green pricing sales and number of customer participants is Portland General Electric with more than 830,000 megawatts sold per year to nearly 90,000 customers. The city of Palo Alto, California saw the highest customer participation rate at 18.2%. In terms of highest green power sales as a percentage of total retail electricity sales, Waterloo Utilities topped the list at 23.9%. And the city of Ponca in Oklahoma had the lowest premium charge for new renewable resources at negative 87 cents per kilowatt hour. The report also found that the Sacramento Municipal Utility District was the top utility using at least 2% solar to supply their green pricing programs at 14.7%. Overall, green power sales of the top 10 utility programs exceeded 4.2 million megawatt hours in 2012. This is an increase from the 3.9 million megawatt hours sold in 2010. This growth is encouraging news for the green power industry as more residential and commercial consumers elect to support renewable energy. You can find a copy of the rankings at www.nrel.gov. That's www.nrel.gov. Also, As some of you may be aware, the involvement of utility companies in the renewable energy space was a topic we discussed at our San Francisco Energy Conference this spring. We featured a panel on utilities participation in the renewable sector. It was called Collaboration of Public Utilities and the Burgeoning Renewable Energy Industry. If you missed that panel, or if you'd like to listen to it again, a recording of the conference is available for purchase at www.novoco.com slash products. In historic tax credit news, I'd like to remind listeners that the deadline to, is next week to nominate developments for the Novogak Journal of Tax Credits Historic Rehabilitation Awards. The Journal of Tax Credits Historic Rehabilitation Awards were created to recognize excellence and to honor outstanding achievement in rehabilitation developments that use the historic tax credit. Nominations are being accepted up until next Wednesday, June 19th. To be eligible, Historic tax credit projects must have been placed in service in 2012 or 2013 and had a meaningful and major impact on their community, demonstrated financial innovation, or overcome significant obstacles in their development. Nominations can be submitted by anyone with knowledge of a deserving development, be it a project with which you were involved, if you were a developer even, or simply one you deem deserving. A panel of judges with wide-ranging expertise in the historic tax credit industry will review all entries and award winners will be chosen in mid-August. Winners, as well as honorable mentions and their development teams, will be recognized in a ceremony at the Novogratic National Historic Tax Credit Conference in September in Detroit, Michigan. Winners and honorable mentions will also be featured in the print and iPad editions of the Novogratic Journal of Tax Credits, as well as in an electronic awards package. For more information on how to submit a nomination, as well as to submit one yourself, please visit www.historictaxcredits.com. And if you have any questions, send an email to awards at novoco.com or call 415-356-7995.
In low-income housing tax credit news, I'd first like to remind everyone that our low-income housing tax credit nonprofit developers conference will be held in Chicago next week. There's still time to register. Simply go online to www.novaco.com. Now, turning to Washington, D.C. last week, the National Association of Home Builders is reporting that more than 750 builders converged on Capitol Hill for the group's annual legislative conference, and they urge lawmakers to support policies that sustain the housing recovery and increase the availability of affordable housing. I can attest to that because I ran into a lot of home builders up on Capitol Hill. I was there in addition to being there for the New Market Tax Credit Conference. I was also there for the Housing Advisory Group's annual Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Conference. Now, the National Association of Home Builders reports that, they, that there were 300 individual meetings with their representatives and senators. And in those meetings, builders discussed the key housing issues, including tax reform and housing finance reform. On the topic of tax reform, NAHB members urged Congress to maintain its support for the mortgage interest deduction and the low-income housing tax credit. And as Congress prepares to address the housing finance system, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac particularly, the Home Builders Group continued to advocate that any restructuring provides for a reliable and adequate flow of credit for home buyers, and that the federal government play an important and appropriate role in backing up the housing finance system. You can find additional information about these meetings online at www.nahb.org. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Please join me again next week for another Tax Credit Tuesday. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik & Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novoco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratik & Company, LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.